Welcome to Growth Marketing Today, where marketers, designers, and product owners level up their growth marketing chops from experts in today's top startups. Here's your host, Ramley John. Welcome to episode 120 of Growth Marketing Today. I'm your host, Ramley John, and we are just a few weeks away from Christmas 2020. Now, today, we're going to be talking about how you can use your marketing skills and business for social good. Now, incorporating social good into your business model and even to your marketing habits is often laudable and especially important as millennials reach the height of their spending power. According to Boston Consulting Group, almost half of millennials are willing to make a purchase to support a cost and over half will pay more for environmentally sustainable products. Now, in this episode, Toyin Adon Abel, he's a founder and creative director at Meddling Minds in Atlanta, Shares House, he's using his marketing and journalism skills to help brands impact social change. In episode 120, you learn first why it's important for marketers to take responsibility for creating social change. Second, how marketers can leverage brand to impact social change. And third, how to track and scale revenue from cost marketing. Now, before we jump in, I created a free growth cheat sheet with all the actionable tips from this episode in a one-page PDF. Just download for free, and why take notes when you can just literally just steal mine? Go to growtoday.fm forward slash 120 to get it now. You can also find this link in the description of this show. Now, when I publish next week's episode, this week's cheat sheet will be gone. So get it now. I also want to thank those who made this episode possible. Now, this folks helped cover the cost of hosting and marketing tools, so I can focus on getting amazing experts like Toyin on this show. Thanks to 42 Agency, 42 Agency works with high-growth B2B SaaS companies, helping them build and scale revenue and marketing operations that accelerate demand generation and pipeline growth. To learn more and get $500 in free consulting time, visit them at growtoday.fm forward slash 42. That's number 42. Or you can find that link in the description of the show or whatever podcast app you use. Enough about me, let's jump into my chat with Toyin. All right, hey everybody, I'm excited to chat with Toyin. He is the founder of Meddling Minds Agency. How's it going? How's your Friday afternoon? Man, I'm doing well. Thank God. I'm happy to be on the podcast today. I've definitely listened to a bunch of your interviews and got a lot of great information. So happy to be on. Awesome. And I'm excited. I, you know, I just got to give a shout out to Lauren Patrick. Uh, I just found out it's her birthday today, apparently. So That's right. Yes. <laughs> Shout out for the introduction here and a Happy few other markers, but yeah, <laughs> she's gonna be hearing this and like we're talking about, about <laughs> her. <laughs> anyway, it's summer. It's summertime, and one of your hobbies is hiking. So I gotta ask, what is your favorite hike so far? Man, I'm so thankful to my wife. She introduced me to hiking a few years back. Uh, we've gone to some really great spots, but I think the place that stands out to me was Rainbow Lake in Whistler, Canada. We went up there a year and a half ago for a friend's wedding and really got to experience, you know, ATVing. We went wow. white water rafting and um, the hike around Rainbow Lake was just beautiful. It's one of the most stunning places I've ever seen. Cool. I, I, I got I to gotta go. I'm, I'm based out of Toronto, Canada, so... I should just take a plane over to BC and check out Rainbow Lake. Oh yeah, you have no excuse. <laughs> I don't have an excuse. I, I, you know, I did. It's not locked down, right? Like, I, it's in my, it's the same country. <laughs> yeah, beautiful place. All right, 
Yeah, that's true. Um, let's jump in. Let's talk about marketing. Before we talk about cost marketing and social marketing, can you share your story a bit of how you started Meddling Minds Agency and what is what is that in the focus? Yes. So it was very, very much of a long story behind Meddling Minds. It's been something that's been on my mind actually since 2009. So I will definitely do my best to kind of just give you the short um, a short version of it. But essentially, um, I've always known I wanted to start my own marketing agency. My parents told me that when I was a kid, when they would turn the, um, turn the channel from commercials, that I would cry because I would always wanted to watch the ads. So I've always been um, driven on this purpose for having my own agency. And back in 2009, I came up with the name and the concept behind Meddling Minds. Initially, I wanted it to be a digital magazine where creatives can come together and leverage the network effect to amplify each other's voice and the work that they were doing. But then over the years, I just realized, well, this is a fantastic name for an agency, especially the kind of agency that I wanted to build. So I've, you know, I've held all the domain names and social media since 2009, but wasn't quite ready to actually launch a full-scale agency. So over the years, I've been doing some smaller consulting projects with local startups, helping them build their brands, but doing it in a way that ties in a level of advocacy or community service as a core piece of their business. And over the last three or four years, I've really taken Meddling Minds a lot more seriously. Um, I was hoping to launch the agency a couple of different ways in partnership with some of my um, corporate clients and the companies that I was working for. But of course, it never really works the way you think it is. You know, God has his own plan for you. And essentially, back in February of this year, I had a really unfortunate incident with um, a coworker. Um, that led me to say, you know what, I'm just done with corporate. Um, I didn't like the treatment that I would see, um, whether it was my other employees, whether it was myself, whether it was the way brands um, really weren't conscious or really weren't taking care of their community or the environment. And I wanted to kind of step away from that kind of institution per se and do my own thing and work with people that were like-minded, work on causes that I really cared about. So back in February, I left corporate for good and started Meddling Minds officially, right before the global pandemic. Great timing, <laughs> huh? <laughs> That's funny you say that. Yeah, I remember in March when everything went down, my wife is a teacher and, you know, the school shut down and, you know, this, man, it's been a crazy world since February, man. It feels like a long time ago. <laughs> I, I really love your website. There's a part there that I really love. It says, we believe modern marketers have responsibility to help companies succeed while prioritizing the values we hold dear. Uh, you know, there's this whole tension between profits versus people or planet. Mm -hmm. You know, why, why is it important for marketers to really take responsibility for creating social change? Yeah, um, I think there's three ways, three reasons I would break it down, right? One is just all about personal responsibility, right? I can't pass on the task to other people to make change. We have to look at ourselves first. So that was the main reason. I know marketing, that's my skill set, that's my passion. So why not encourage other people in my industry um, to follow suit? 
I think the second thing is I feel like nobody's necessarily taking responsibility for that in corporate America. So if I look at all the departments that make up a traditional company, who would you say is responsible for community service and advocacy and those kinds of things? Nobody really, if it doesn't come from marketing, maybe it comes from HR, but they have another set of responsibility. And honestly, in my experience, HR is there to protect the the institution and less the people in my experience. So that's a big part of it. Who else is going to do it? Right. That's kind of a question. And I think the third thing is I think marketers have a unique skill set that makes them the best fit for fostering social change because A, right, we understand target audiences, we understand mm. storytelling, yeah. we understand how to reach, right? How to potentially help things go viral, how to right. So we have the skills that are perfectly matched to support advocacy, community service, fundraising, and cause marketing. And so those were really to me, the three main reasons why. Mm, that totally makes sense. I think you're starting to already talk about it, but you know, how can marketers really leverage their, their skill set and brand to really impact so, social change? Yeah, so I think if you look at a brand holistically, there's a few ways that a brand can really be impactful. The simple way is just to use their voice, right? To be a support system. So we've seen it over the last few weeks, with companies posting, you know, black squares and all these, you know, different communications speaking about their intentions to support Black Lives Matter or things of that nature. So just using your voice as a brand, I think is powerful. I think two is to think about reach. I, I mentioned that again before, but you know, brands have a lot wider of a reach than just myself, than just your reach, right? So if we can, as marketers, kind of have those discussions within our organization and really influence that and then leverage that reach, then we're making an even bigger impact. Um, I think the other thing is fundraising, whether that's internally within your organization and teams or whether that's leveraging the brand to fundraise for policy or positions that are authentic to your brand, right? So it's not necessarily saying, you know, I'm a pharmacist and we're raising money for, I don't know, sexual trafficking, right? It's okay to keep it in your lane within things that you know about. Um, and I think the other way is partnerships. So what local organizations, community-led groups, nonprofits as a brand can you connect with partner with to support them and bring value both ways. So, I mean, I think those are some really simple ways that we can activate our brands um, to make an impact. You were talking about like how brands are coming out supporting movements like Black Lives Matter and some of them come across as very fake. <laughs> <laughs> so the question I, I want to ask you is how can how how can marketers and and brands and companies do it authentically to support movements like Me Too or Black Lives Matter, uh, without fear of first of all alienating the customers, but second coming across as virtue signaling, where like we're just yeah. doing this because everybody's doing it. It's a cool Absolutely. thing to do. So I think the first thing, which is what you are touching on, is you have to you have to think about it from a long term approach. Right. Brands that just come out when things are on topic and say something and then go back in their shell, obviously people are going to call you out. 
So strategically, when you do this kind of thing, you have to know we're doing this for the long term and we have to be strategic. We have to create operations around this. Like, so I think that's one thing. But in a more simple way, I think, I think people try too hard with the messaging. So the way I would simplify it is say, first, focus on personal experiences. One thing I love about Delta, and um, I think his name is Ed Bastian, their CEO, is when they release things, he's talking personally. And I think that's really, really important. Talk about what you know. If you're a CEO and you don't know that much about an issue, but you want to support it, say that. Say, as a business, I don't know enough. I'm sorry, I have, we have not done enough research. But the simple truth is, we believe in X. And we are going right. to do better moving forward. Be personal with that. So I think that's A. I think number two is to focus on universal truths. I think sometimes we get caught up in um, taglines and phrases mm. and things like that. And I think sometimes we just have to almost change the way we think about expressing ourselves and focus on the bottom line truths behind it, Right. So what I mean by that is there's nothing wrong with saying Black Lives Matter as an organization. But you may also decide to phrase it in a way that focuses more on the universal truth behind it. I think the second part behind that is focusing on cause, not effect. So what I mean by that is, you know, instead of coming out and maybe, you know, trying to follow the trend of what people are saying, think deeper on the issue and say, you really think that one of the cause, one of the fundamental things that cause racial injustice is disparities in education, for example, right? So we want to get behind education reform as our way to support Black Lives Matter versus just saying Black Lives Matter on Twitter all the time and you're more focused on the effect versus trying to fix something. I think that's another way. Um, and I think the last thing really is to advocate for education too. So as a starting point, you can use your brand to learn yourself, but share that wisdom and the expertise of others who are doing the great work and using that as your platform. So instead of you trying to have all the answers as an organization, share the knowledge of the people who have been doing the work from day one. That's so good. I totally agree. You brought up the example with Delta. Are there any other brands that you were seeing really taking up uh, the step forward and really taking the charge in terms of not just uh, causes like this, but also any impact in, in terms of social change? Yeah. Um, I think the examples I'll give, I'll focus on some larger brands. Um, I have some unique experiences locally, but I think if you, if you look at someone like Ben and Jerry's, right, there's somebody who gives an example of using their brand voice really well and using it in a very impactful way. So they don't, mix their words. They don't care about alienating customers. They say exactly what they mean. And I love that. And I think more businesses hopefully get to the point where they care less about alienating customers and having the right customers. Um, going back to people over profit, you know what, we'll, you know, we'll sacrifice a 5% revenue, you know, change to stand for the right thing and not you know, be ambiguous in our morals, right? So I think that's one thing that I like about Ben & Jerry's. Um, someone like Whole Foods, the, um, one of the co-founders wrote a book that I love, Conscious Capitalism. So they're using their brand voice as a way to educate people, 
right? So that's one thing I love about them is they're focusing on the cause piece that I was talking about and the fact that companies need to be more conscious in order to impact a lot of these changes that we want to see. So I love the way that they do that. I think from a campaign perspective, Nike is a good example of a brand that really does smart kind of um, socially focused campaigns while they're not necessarily perfect as a brand with some of the other things that they do, maybe in terms Mm. of how they make their products. (laughs) I think they do a really good job of um, leveraging campaigns to really support things that are maybe not popular. They got behind Colin Kaepernick before it was cool. They got behind, um, you know, female athletes wearing hijabs and had a whole line put out with before it was cool, right? So um, I think Nike is a good example of that too. When we come back in just a moment, Point shares how you can track and scale revenue from social good marketing. Just a quick thanks to our sponsor for this episode, 42 Agency. Now, 42 Agency works with high-growth B2B SaaS companies, helping them build and scale revenue marketing operations that accelerate demand generation and pipeline growth. They've worked with some amazing companies like OnFleet, HubDoc, GuestLogic, Flexiday, and more. And to top it off, I actually know the founder of 42 Agency, Camille Rexton, and he knows his stuff. So go reach out to him. You can, he's actually offering a free $500 consulting time for Grow Today listeners. You can visit them at growtoday.fm forward slash 42 or find the link in the description. It'll, it'll redirect to their, this special offer. One more thing, don't forget to download the free growth cheat sheet for this episode. It has all the actionable tips from this episode in a one-page PDF. Why take notes when you can just steal mine? You can take all the actionable tips from this episode and apply it to your business to accelerate the growth even faster. You can find the link in the description of this show. Download it now before I take it away because it'll only be up until next week. Enough about this. Let's jump back into my chat with Toyin. That totally makes sense. I'm curious what you think about, you know, people think, oh, that's great. You know, that's 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 a good stuff, but it doesn't really drive revenue. But in fact, it does. How, how would you suggest brands be able to, to track and scale the revenue from the cost marketing or, or social focus marketing? Right. I think the first thing I would say is, before I answer your question fully, is the fact that the brand equity that you gain from doing what we were just describing is invaluable in the sense of, look at what's happening with Goya. That's true. Right? Let's talk about that. Right. <laughs> this is a, it's not revenue marketing per se, but... Right. Think about how their stock value is going to be hurt from this, mm, right? right. Um, look, at, I think I forget, was it American Airlines who dragged the passenger off the plane yep. years ago, yeah. and United, I, mean, I think, yeah, United, yeah. Um, their stock price just drastic. I, I mean, right. millions of dollars in stock price. So I would say one that the cost of not doing what I'm describing is going to catch up to brands sooner rather than later, especially when you look at Gen Z, Gen what. Uh, I mean, the the statistics are out there for anybody to see. They care just as much or maybe more than for what your brand stands for than the product that you make, right? I can find lots of cans of beans. (laughs) I can find lots of seasoning. I love that. People want to know what you stand for. So I think the cost of entry for brands who don't see this trend now and wait too long 
you're, no one's going to believe you. And when you described it, people are very, very like, mm, I don't know if they're really right. So if you're not doing this stuff from the beginning or getting ahead of it now, it's going to be too late soon. So that's the first way. The second thing I was going to say is that for marketers who know who, how to scale and track revenue in general, in B2B and stuff like that, it's the same exact way. Nothing changes. You just have to think a tiny bit differently about how you structure your campaign. So I'll give you a good example. B2B marketers, we love trade shows, right? Mm. We love conferences, <laughs> all of that. How many conferences are you aware of personally that has a cause attached to the conference? Or X percent of ticket sales goes to this thing. Or part of the programming talks about community service and brands being more conscious. I don't know of many, right? And so an example of a campaign that one of my past companies, we ran a, um, an industry conference for the food industry. And what we started doing is saying, okay, not only are we going to make sure that all the revenue past what it takes for us to put on the event is going to charity, but we're also going to align with a charity that feeds the homeless, that has a tie-in with food, just like it's a food industry event. So we partnered with a local nonprofit, um, Hosea Helps, um, and we not only got our... Um, the companies that were attending the conference to help donate food for their Thanksgiving program where they feed thousands of homeless in Atlanta. Uh, we also work with them to try and get some of our um, companies coming to partner with them to be food resources moving forward. So we're holding an industry conference that we're using for lead gen, but we're tying it into a cause. We're partnering with a nonprofit. We're advocating for this. And the same way I would track the revenue of how many leads we got, tracking them through the pipeline, tying it all back to the content or to that event. It's the same yeah. thing I would be doing, but we have a cause now with it. Mm. That totally makes sense. I'm curious what your thoughts are on that idea where if as a brand you support like a, a movement, uh, you get backlash. Like they, there will always be people who would disagree. For yeah. example... When Nike supported Colin Kaepernick, people were like, we're burning our Nike shoes. This is the worst. <laughs> or, yeah. or like, oh, uh, you, they, they, you know, what would you say to, to those those brands where like they're making a statement and you might be saying yes to uh, a segment in the market, but you're actually also saying no to a segment. Yeah. Even with Goya where, yeah, there's a lot of people saying no a lot. Like even I, 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 I don't agree with what they're they're doing but they're also on the other side we're like we love goya they, they, they support they support yeah. what we do so um should should brands be making uh, positions where like you know knowing that they'll say there will be customers yeah. who will be turned off yeah and i think the big and i'll use nike as an example right yeah nike knows who their audience target audience is mm. yeah they know specifically, I mean, they knew what they were doing, right? They knew the population that would not, you know, that would be pissed. They probably knew that they would be pissed only for a short period of time and go back to buying the shoes that they would ordinarily buy. But they knew that the brand equity and the loyalty that they were going to mm. get from the people who were going to resonate with that message is a lot more um, important than the people that they could lose. So I think ultimately it comes down to how well do you know your target audience? 
Um, I think the second thing that I would say is, and it's easy for me to say because I am pretty bold. I am very, you know, I'm just not good at pretending. So it fits my personality, but it's okay. You don't like it. That's fine. Right. Not everybody can be your customer. And I think that goes back to profit over people, right? If you're so concerned about the bottom line, yes, you have to exist as a company, right? So you don't want to lose all your customers, then you would not be, you know, then you won't be in business. So maybe you're picking the wrong cause, right? Um, But you have to be authentic to not only who you are as a business owner, but be authentic to what your brand stands for. So having that good understanding of what your brand stands for is really, really important to that journey. Um, But yeah, I think it's really about knowing your audience and being comfortable with saying, are we okay with a potential, you know, small percentage in, you know, lost revenue in the short term for the benefit in the long term? That totally makes sense. I really love how you tie back to really knowing your customers and your, your community. I want to shift focus and, and talk about being an ally for black and people of color coworkers. There's been stories like Bon Appetit, uh, which is this YouTube channel, really big, where people found out that they weren't paying their, you know, they were paying their some of their producers, but the people of color and black black uh, producers, they were either paying very low or not paying at all. So the editor, the editor in chief ended up quitting. So the question I have is how can how can marketers and how can companies be more of an ally? for for minority and black coworkers. Yeah, that's a great question. I'm glad that you put um, that you asked that. Something that personally I have struggled with in terms of people who I thought were really good friends, we got along great, things that were happened were clearly wrong that happened to me where I had to leave the company because of it. And then all those people were silent. Right. So I'm glad that you asked that. So the first thing is the concept of, and the simplest thing you can do is be a good neighbor. Right. I think so much in corporate, we, we're just so focused in on ourselves. So we come in the morning, we maybe say hello to a couple of people, the people that we're really close to, and then just get down, heads down. But if you put yourself in the position of, let's say, a black gentleman who is already the only black person in the office, and then you're in an environment where you, no one's really that approachable to you. You don't feel like necessarily like, it's a big thing just to have a coworker walk by and say hello to you every morning. And you feel yeah. that welcoming and it, it helps minority people, helps women, right? It's not just a black thing. Uh, so I think that's one thing. Um, I think the second thing that has been is when social issues happen, right? Let's say, let's say, for example, when Trayvon Martin passed, that affected me for weeks at the office. I was not myself. And having a coworker just say something like, are you okay? Is massive. They don't have to get into it. They don't, even if they believe, for example, that George Zimmerman was in his right, you don't have to go there. Is, is that person okay? Because you've got to think that's going to impact um, a black female coworker who you know has a black son, or an African American gentleman like myself who, you know, may have had experiences with the police like that. So I think just checking in with people when some of these things are happening, all the you know, all you know, we're in the middle of the height of all these protests, and so you can imagine how it might be impacting your coworkers and just shooting them an email. 
hey man, hope you're doing well, blah, 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 right? Keeping it simple. I think another thing is, and I know it's hard because people are always afraid of it, losing their jobs and that whole concept. But at the same time, it's like, we've got to encourage people to speak up, right? It's just not okay to say, I saw that happen. It's clearly racist or it's clearly sexist, but I'm worried about my job. So I'm just not going to say anything. We're just, we're never going to make change if that's how people act at work. And that's the culture of corporate, to be honest. Um, and it's just sad to me, honestly, because I mean, in my personal experience, I've spoken up for coworkers. Um, you know, when somebody does something to me that is clearly out of line, like I'm the first person to say, I'm not accepting that and I'm out. It, you know, so it comes naturally to me and I know it's not that simple. Um, but I would just encourage everybody to just think about ways that you can show up and speak up for your coworkers. You don't have to be disrespectful. You don't have to make a scene. You can do it in a way that's judicial and that helps get at least lets the HR leadership know that that your coworker is not alone. Um, and I think the last thing is just the the approach to we kind of hire who we know, right? A lot of yeah. <laughs> hiring happens within your network, who you know, and so it just so happens that you know a lot of white people hang out with a lot of other white people, right? And vice versa. So. I think we've got to really do a good job of, and it's not just about hiring black coworkers. It's about, do we have enough women in leadership? And mm, as the yeah. manager of this team, what can I do to influence it? Right. Um, not saying that I'm only going to hire a woman because you don't want to go that extreme, yeah. but you, people need to be conscious of these things. People need to make sure that, Hey, instead of just interviewing my two girlfriends that, you know, I know are great. Let me also bring in a few other candidates um, and give them a fair shot. So I think we really need to think about how we hire and going outside of our networks. Yeah. Oh, that's really that's a good point. And I think that's leading up to my next question in terms of how, you know, you talked about how Black Lives Matter is really impacting the corporate culture. What are your thoughts on how it's going to impact marketing in the future? Yeah, I think there's probably two key things I think about there. One, I hope it gives a greater voice and freedom to Black and minority creatives, um, allowing them to not only express themselves more, but speak up on and bring in issues that matter into their workspace, right? And not feeling like, okay, I've got to be neutral at work and I get to be black at home or I get to be neutral at work and then I get to be my full female self at home. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think we yeah, need to yeah. be able to bring our personal into work a little bit more. Um, I also think that I hope it allows marketers as a whole to speak more openly about tough issues, right? This whole concept of, oh, no politics at work. Oh, no religion at work. Oh, you know, that whole concept or no religion or at, the, at the dinner table. Um, I hope it gives a little bit more, because I think it gives corporations an out, honestly, right? If you think about what's happening right now, everyone's focused on Karen, everyone's focused on Kevin, everyone's focused on individual and, yeah. and there's a little less focus. And I just feel like corporations, not as much as before, people are definitely calling folks out, but I just think corporations get a little bit of an out sometimes. So 
I do hope that it allows us to start having more difficult conversations in our workplace um, and thinking about how corporate America as a whole is also, um, you know, contributing to the issues that Black people are facing in America, contributing to the issues that women are facing in America, um, and so on. I mean, you even think about small things like, um, it was going viral two weeks ago, but a list of all the corporations that use prison labor. Um, and you look at that and you're just thinking, golly, I mean, just to save money, they are, they are leveraging a prison population that we know that a large majority or large percentage of them are there for tiny, tiny offenses, for not being able to make bail and things like that. And as a company, how are you contributing to the prison industrial complex by continuing to do things like this, right? And having those conversations, I think, uh, will allow us to keep brands accountable too. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I think people are becoming more aware and you talked about it earlier, how you know, people are not just buying products anymore. They're really buying into what the brands care mm -hmm. about, right? So, you know, if you had, I just I'll start wrapping up. And if you had one or two pieces of advice to to marketers or brands, what would be, it could be anything. It could <laughs> even be about career or life yeah. or corporate culture. What would be your one or two pieces of advice to, to marketers? I would say the first thing is to work on your personal brand. And I have actually given this, um, presentation to college students um, over the last few years to say, you, the earlier you start working on your personal brand, having people understand what you stand for beyond just your work, it's really going to make an impact on your career um, and beyond. So I think that's a huge piece of advice for all marketers to really work on their personal brand. Um, especially you see the volatility of the job market and things like that. As marketers, yeah. it's like, hey, if you don't have your personal brand and you're not ready to be a freelancer or a contractor tomorrow, anything can happen. So I think that's even a secondary reason to develop one. I think the second thing is similar to the piece I was just talking about a second ago is to be bold. I, I get concerned that marketers in corporate America, it's almost like we're stripping everybody of that, that creativity, that, working outside of the box. And, you know, I, I started thinking about this because the more I did consulting, the more companies I worked for, I was like, everyone's doing everything the same, <laughs> right? And think about it, all marketers, everyone's using the same buzzwords. Someone talks about uh, account-based marketing and everyone it just feels like everyone just does the same thing. And I would just encourage yeah. marketers to be bold, push the envelope. Everybody is seeking more right, quote, more. And I think that ties into purpose, right? Everyone goes to their day-to-day -day job, but they want more from it, right? They want to fill that internal um, need. And I think that the, if marketers start to be more bold, ask deeper questions, um, reshift re the way that marketing is done in, in, in their space, um, I think it'll end up being better for marketers moving forward um, and then I think we will get to a place where more corporations are more conscious and marketers are the ones that are driving that charge. 
That's so good. Be bold and build your personal brand. Yeah. I, I really appreciate those tips. <laughs> I take them to heart as well. Sometimes it's hard for me to be bold. Like I get that icky feeling whenever I post something that's kind of out of the norm. Mm -hmm. Like, oh man, this is it. People are going to attack me, but <laughs> people are going to destroy me, but <laughs> my career is over. Oh no. People, I don't know. I can't show my face anymore, but I think you're right. You know? You can't, uh, can't, you can't always be the same as everybody if you want to stand up. Yeah. Uh, just one, just one final question. Where can people find out more about you? This is your call to action to my listeners. Do you want them to follow you on LinkedIn, Twitter, go to your website? What, what is your call to action? Yeah, certainly check out the work and the projects we're doing at meddlingminds.com. Um, you'll see we work on different social projects like Civic Walls. And actually, you can check out civicwallsproject.com. We're painting murals all around Atlanta and hopefully other cities soon to remind people of their civic duty to fight for equality and to get involved in community engagement and local policy. So you'll be able to find out more about those projects at meddlingminds.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at meddlingmind or meddlingminds agency. And then Toyin Adan Abel, there's only one on LinkedIn. <laughs> awesome well thanks for your time Adon uh, uh, Toyan I really appreciate it no thank you for having me um, like I said I'm going to continue following your podcast uh, seeing the different topics that you continue to broach and just thank you for doing this well that's it for this episode number 120 I want to remind you also that I've created a free growth cheat sheet with all the actionable tips from this episode why take those about this podcast when you can just steal mine? Go to growtoday.fm forward slash 120 to get it now. You can also find this link in the description of the show. Now, before I end, I want to thank the sponsor for this episode, 42 Agency. They work with high-growth B2B SaaS companies, helping them build and scale revenue and marketing operations, a scale demand generation, and pipeline growth. To learn more and get $500 in free consulting time, visit them at growtoday.fm forward slash 42. Please also support me in these three easy ways. First, you can tell a friend about the show or share it on Twitter or LinkedIn. This is one easy way for you to really support this because it's how shows like this grow. Second, join the Grow Today mailing list. You'll get the cheat sheet directly emailed to you each week. And third, leave a review on Apple Podcasts where other people can find out more about the show. Well, that's it for this episode. Until the next one, this is your host, Ramley John. Keep safe. And as always, Keep on growing. Passion, passion.